Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 30. Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 30, as we continue our our series through the book of Luke. This is what we hear from God's word. That Jesus went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us. Then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. And people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God abides forever. Amen. Please be seated. And let's pray. Lord, we ask your blessing upon the preaching of your word. We ask that it would show us the entrance to this narrow door. And Lord, we would have the grace to enter it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Lord, will those who are saved be few? That's the question that rings out from the crowd from from yet another uh, person who is asking Jesus to teach them something about the kingdom of God as he makes his way towards Jerusalem. Lord, will those who are saved be few? It almost sounds like one of those theological questions I would stay up late talking about in my college years into the wee hours of the night. How many people are going to be in heaven? Is is it going to be a small number? Is it going to be um, more than we think? Will everyone be there? And Jesus responds to this question. It's actually also a relevant question for our text because Jesus has been talking about the kingdom of God. He's been talking about God's plan. This is what the kingdom of God is. It's God's uh, glorious plan to rebuild and restore a world that has been twisted and distorted by sin. And Jesus just said some profound things about what the kingdom is like. He said, it is like a tiny little mustard seed that you can barely see. It's so small. But, but slowly but surely, it grows. It grows into a massive tree. And so this man in the crowd presses Jesus. Okay, I see what the kingdom of God is like, but who's going to be there? Is it going to be a few, like, like a mustard seed, or, or shall we expect something different? And most rabbis of Jesus' day had settled on an answer. They said, 
that only a few would enter the kingdom of God because pretty much only the Jews were going to make it in, and plus a few Gentiles scattered here and there, uh, the people outside of Israel who happened to, um, to, to honor God, God's people in a certain way. But notice how Jesus answers this question. He doesn't. He doesn't really answer it. Because instead of answering that question, who will enter the kingdom? Jesus turns it around and asks this to, to, to this man and to you. Have you entered the kingdom? Indeed, you must enter the kingdom and you must enter it through the narrow door. What is this narrow door? Why is there a narrowness to the entrance of the kingdom? And why does Jesus want us to see that so clearly? He says in verse 22, strive to enter through the narrow door. Well, first we need to see that that narrow door is a humble entrance to the kingdom. It is not that majestic entrance into a banquet uh, through, a, through a palace gate with, with uh, huge columns and space. No, it is a short stubby, thin little door that you have to lower yourself to to enter. It is a narrow door that you could walk right past in a hallway without even noticing. It's like a children's door at a playhouse. You know, those ones where you come up and you see kids running in and out of them. But an adult, you have to get down on your knees to get through that door. I think that's, that's somewhat of the picture of what Jesus wants to see in the narrowness of this humble entrance to the kingdom. Because the only way to get in is to get low, like a child, to enter through that narrow door, shimmy through. If you want to attend this banquet of the kingdom, if you want to get into the kingdom, then you have to get low, get low and crawl through through that humbling door of repentance and faith. You've got to lower yourself to admit the reality of your sin, your rebellion against God. You've got to get low to squeeze through that narrow door by desperately needing God to save you. You've got to put aside all your narrow cliques, all your narrowness, your political preferences even, and squeeze through the same route as, as conservatives and liberals alike. They all have to go through this same door, the door of humble repentance and faith. Now, few are willing to lower themselves like that. And that's why Jesus gives us a picture later in Luke of a camel getting down on its knees and, and squeezing through the eye, the, the pinpoint of a needle. Now that's narrow. That's difficult. That's what it's like for sinners who we, we love our pride and we love our positions. And it's hard for us to lower ourselves to go through the same door of repentance and faith of those who we don't think have a clue. And so, so the narrow door of the kingdom, I want you to see, is humbling, it's self-effacing. But the narrow door is also narrow because it's the only entrance to the kingdom. There's no other. 
Now, this isn't very popular, and I realize I'm saying this, and people are hearing this over the live stream. You're going to say in a minute, what are you saying? This is so unpopular, and I know, but it's what Jesus says. What do we hear from our society? What do we hear from pastors praying on the floor of Congress? We hear that you may enter any door you please, and you're good to go. You may enter any, through any religion, and, 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 and as long as you enter with honesty and with, with a heart of love, you'll make it into the banquet. As long as love and respect for others guide your search, God will honor whichever door you choose. So choose Christianity. Choose, choose Islam. Choose Hinduism. They all lead to the same place. And Jesus says no. Jesus says Something, friends, here that is going to be shockingly narrow-minded to us and to our world. We need to embrace that. Because listen to what Jesus says in John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And listen to what Jesus says in John 10. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Here's the reality of the the narrowness of the entrance to the kingdom. It's that our rebellion against a perfect God was so great, was such an offense against his holiness, that there was only one narrow way, like, like the eye of a needle, that we could be rescued and take our seat at his banquet table. A perfect and sinless sacrifice had to be made by one who was both fully God and fully man. And he had to suffer and die for our sins. And then that one who was perfect God and sinless man had to rise from the dead to give us the power and victory over our sins. No other way could deal with our problem of sin. Any other way is a door that leads to another door, to another door, to another door, and to ultimately emptiness. So when Jesus went to Jerusalem, when Jesus fixed his eyes on the prize in Jerusalem, what was he going to do? He was going to suffer and to die and to rise again. And in that way, fling his arms wide open to fling the narrow door open so that all who come through him may come in. Only this narrow way is open to sinners. Do you believe that? Then strive to enter through that door. That's what Jesus says here. Strive to enter the narrow door. What he's teaching here is not salvation by works. You know, you hear that word strive and you think, oh, he's telling me to, to do, all, you know, do all these, rely on my own works. No, Jesus is saying that you will never trip your way into the kingdom. You're not going to accidentally slide through that narrow door. You will not ever enter that narrow door without actively reaching out to Christ by faith, laying a hold of his promises. You will never actively enter that narrow door without self-reflection, looking at your sin, pausing, turning to God. So I tell you, if you have not entered through that door of, of the kingdom with faith in Christ, 
today is a, is a wonderful day to strive to do so. You can do so. I invite you to do so by talking to me, to Brad, to Andrew, to others after the service. The, the main thing I want you to see is entering the kingdom of God is not a passive reality. It is an active reality of laying a hold of Christ by faith. And it's so important to enter that narrow door now because any moment that narrow door will become a closed door. That's what we see next in this passage that the narrow door becomes, will become a closed door. Verse 24, strive to enter the narrow door for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Now, this is, first of all, a huge wake-up call, like, in a, like a siren going off for Israel, for the Jews who were hearing Jesus speak in his day. Jews were following Jesus around in massive crowds, but few had actually entered the narrow door into the kingdom. Huge crowds, but few who had actively believed in Jesus. Because they listened to him while he gave them a personal invitation to enter that door. They, they even smiled politely as he pointed the way graciously to that kingdom banquet and said, enter, enter now. But instead they said, Jesus, I think we're going to take our time. We're going to see if a grander entrance to the kingdom opens up. Because you see what they were doing. They believed that their identity as children of Abraham, their physical descent, their outward privileges to the kingdom, pretty much guaranteed their place there. Felt no rush. In fact, if that's true, why not wait until a grander entrance opens up than this narrow, tiny children's door? But Jesus speaks to this with a sober warning. What does he say? He says it's only a matter of time before this window of opportunity comes to an end. And when that happens, you'll return to the narrow door, but what will you find? You'll find it closed and bolted shut. And you'll, you'll scream and you'll knock on that door, open up, Jesus, you, you know us, we're, we're children of Abraham. We heard you teach. We strolled with you through the streets of Galilee. We brought people to listen to you. But all they will hear are these chilling, these chilling words of Jesus in verse 25. I don't even know where you came from. Now that would hit them right where it hurts the most. He said, not only does he not know who they are, not only are they strangers, he says, where are, you, where are you even from? Jesus, we're, we're from Israel. You know us. Jesus says, depart from me. You are, in fact, worse than strangers. Verse 27, you are doers of evil. Quotation straight from Psalm 6. You are workers of evil. Well, this is a wake-up call for the Jews in Jesus' day. Enter the narrow gate now. But it's also a wake-up call for us, right here, right now. For any of us who have ever stepped foot into Jesus' church. Because the time to enter the narrow door through faith in Christ is still right now, and it is still 
about to come to a close. And do you know what the greatest obstacle is for us actually entering through that door? Your greatest danger is a superficial relationship with Jesus. A surface level relationship with the master of this house, the master of the kingdom. Because do you know that it's possible to hear sermons about Jesus every Sunday without fail, but to be a, a stranger to Jesus on judgment day? Do you know that it's possible to come to the Lord's table every week, but to be shut out from the marriage supper of the Lamb on the last day? And do you know that, that it is possible to never miss a Sunday service, but to miss the opportunity to enter the narrow door through Christ? And here's why. It's possible because if we don't actively strive to enter the narrow door through, through turning away from our sins and believing in Christ, then we are strangers to the master of the house. Jesus doesn't give us this picture just to scare us. He does it because he loves us. He wants us to wake up and with confidence to know that we've entered through that narrow door. So he continues with this disturbing picture, a disturbing picture which is meant to wake Israel up, wake us up, and ultimately to give us great hope by the end of this passage. Notice who won't be in the kingdom. The ones who won't be in the kingdom are the very ones who believe that they were so privileged that they were that select few that would make it in the end, that their place was guaranteed Where will they be? They will be locked outside of the door, knocking on it. And and Jesus describes even the shocking realities here of, of hell itself. Weeping, gnashing of teeth, an eternity outside of that closed door. But the most unsettling thing for Jesus' audience is who is in the kingdom. Because you notice... Everyone locked out on that last day. It's like they'll look through a window and see through that window of the great palace where the banquet's happening. They'll see all sorts of people dining at that banquet feast that that they missed the opportunity to get into. Who will they see? They will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They'll see the prophets of old. But in the end, they'll see something extremely surprising. In verse 29, people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline in the kingdom of God. Who's going to be sitting in that place of honor that they, that they thought they, they, they had secured? The Gentiles. All of those people who were outsiders to God's people would come to this great international feast, a feast like we saw in Isaiah chapter 25. You see, God's kingdom plan is so much greater than an exclusive dinner party for, uh, for a select few. God's plan, his kingdom 
plan is this international epic banquet, and it knows no social or political limitations. So we've seen the narrowness of the door. We've seen also that the door becoming closed. But I want you to see that right now, here and now, that door is also a revolving door. You ever gone to, um, you know, maybe uh, you know, a mall in the area and you, you've got those spinning glass doors where at the same time you see some people coming out and you see some people going in? That's the picture, somewhat of the picture we have here, that those who thought that they were in the kingdom of God and it was for sure, what are they doing? They're being pushed out of that glass door. And at the same time, who's going in? Those who thought they never had a chance. The door, this revolving door indeed is very narrow, incredibly narrow, because only, there's only one way into that kingdom banquet. No others, only through faith in Christ. But notice this, at the same time that we establish that narrowness of the door, you've got to see how wide it is at the same time. Because anyone may enter that door. Anyone who comes through that one way of active faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom is exclusive. Only through Christ may you come. But the kingdom is unlimited in the sense that anyone who comes through Christ may enter. And that is an incredibly unsettling news for anyone who trusts in their insider status. If you are like uh, these people in Jesus' day and you think, yeah, I'm good to go. I'm good with God. I grew up in a Christian church. You know, My parents prayed for me every day. I've come, I, I, I was catechized. And this is bad news from you, for you because it means that the very thing that you trust in is crumbling through your fingers. But this is incredibly good news, wonderful news for all the outsiders of God's kingdom. For all the social outcasts, for people perhaps like you and me. The narrow door is for people who are ashamed of their past life, who look back and say, yeah, I know my sin. I know what I did. The narrow door is for people who grew up in dysfunctional families. The narrow door is for people who don't feel like they really belong anywhere. The narrow door is for all who acknowledge their sin and turn to Jesus Christ by faith. That's who the, that's who the narrow door is for. And so here's the big question for you this morning. As you've seen the narrow door, if you've been warned that it will close one day, and then you also embrace that promise of the revolving beauty of the kingdom, that those who, many who are, are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Here's the, here's the big question that jumps out. Have you entered this narrow door? Have you turned away from your sins and trusted in Christ? Because that narrow door is still open. That narrow door will close. Either when you go to be with the Lord through death or he returns and begins to judge the world in righteousness. 
But there is still a window of opportunity. The question for you is this. Have you entered it? You could enter it through believing in Christ, becoming an outsider of the kingdom who has been brought in and has this hope of a glorious banquet feast, being one of the last who has been made first by God's gracious kingdom initiative. Let's go to him now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bring us into your kingdom Give us confidence that we are in your kingdom when we have come to you by faith in Christ. And so we pray that we would be warned where we need warned and comforted where we need comforted by this message. And that ultimately, Lord, we would find our way through the narrow way. That we would find that way through faith in Christ into your kingdom. Lord, give us that peace of mind that once we have entered, you will never shut us out. For you are a good and gracious God. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.